Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. On today's episode, endurance athlete Amy Livewire-Jacobs opens up about her experiences with COVID and her recovery from long COVID. Hi, Amy. Welcome to the OCRWC podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Now, I think, like me, you are absolutely exhausted, so I really appreciate you coming on. However, the reason why I have you on this week, it's a slightly different one, but we are here to talk COVID. Yes, the big COVIDia. The big COVIDia, the thing that has taken over our lives for the last few years. Now, before we get stuck into that super fun subject, let's talk about you a little bit. Okay. For those of you who don't know you, so you are Amy Livewire bit of a bit of a um if I say kind of endurance athlete would that be the right thing yeah I focus mostly on endurance even in OCR so I think that would be apt okay that's kind of how I describe myself all righty can you tell me a bit about your history in OCR uh the kind of things that you enjoy doing the events that you did your successes training we're talking kind of pre-COVID here oh yeah pre-COVID I guess um and back way back when and 2013 2014 um when I decided I guess I was going to start taking racing seriously rather than you know just enjoying it like I had for you know sort of when Tough Mudders and Spartans came out in like 2010 11 you know play a little bit um so in 2014 I decided I was going to take it seriously after doing a few events with some friends and um and then I I owned a gym at that time um, and then continued to kind of run it even when I got rid of the physical space but I was a trainer so I took time off from teaching to do that and then um I I guess honestly I was I was training myself at the gym with all the classes I took but it was more of like every weekend I would race so it was kind of like on the course training if it makes sense um and then I just started doing like lots of you know I went from competing in road races to doing you know trail runs and obstacle courses and went from obstacle course racing and sort of uh, moved into like adventure racing and cycling and things, but really focused on um, OCR and then endurance OCR. So I heard about the death race and um, I crewed for death race for my friend Camille Adams at the time, what she was then. She's Camille McHugh now. And then um, I kind of just fell in love with it and thought, oh, I'm going to do this. This seems like fun. So I signed up for one um, and then got a call from Andy Weinberg, who told me that, no, in fact, really, I was going to do two more, um, <laughs> at least, at least he was like, oh, we're going to do this challenge thing. You should do it. And I thought, okay, well, I was really training for summer. He's like, no, no, three weeks winter, you'll be there. And like, somehow he convinced me to do it. And I went, it was miserable. It was freaking miserable. And I was dead last. I was awful. They kind of told me, oh yeah, I finished it, but I really, I knew the kind of training that I needed because I you know, I'd never done a winter race before. And I was like, what the hell have I done to myself? Um, and then went on to do Mexico three weeks after that. And then um, along with, you know, keeping up with ultra marathoning, because right after Mexico, I went, I ran a death race in Georgia, finished that grueling, insane event. I don't know what I was thinking, but I kind of raced in 2014, like 78 races in one year. I just did wow. it. I did multiples in a weekend. Ooh. Yeah, honestly. And it was the least, it was the least injured I'd ever been in my life with yeah yeah I know and then when I took off time I did Fuego failed miserably at that like, <laughs> yeah, but you tried <laughs> oh twice I tried I tried on team and I, I keep promising Josue someday I will come back and I will do it as like a um as I, I will do it solo and just give it a go um 
just don't me. Don't you have to apply for Fuego? You do unless you've actually competed in Fuego before and, and then you just have to sort of get invited. So it's on an invite basis mm-hmm. um, and it's kind of very, I don't know, kind of very tribe based, I guess. But yeah, you um, generally I did. I had to apply. And when I applied, it's kind of rigorous because you have to have shown how many um, ultra marathoning events or kind of uh, endurance events that you've done to be prepared for it because it's... Um, you know, and I'm sure people will, you know, shoot the messenger here, but I think it's much harder than death race was. It really was like, it kicked my butt, <laughs> so, but yeah, and then it was just, you know, kind of just did some ultras and raced for fun. And when I moved over here, I did a few things, but the last thing I've really done, um, from moving here with all the craziness that happened was, uh, Iceland, the, mm. the first, uh, ultra world championships in Iceland. Mm. Yeah. So you came over to England a couple of years ago. I've totally lost the concept of time entirely with COVID. But you've been here a few years. Yeah, three and a half years now. Yeah. What did you think of UK racing compared to what you've done in the States? Because I remember seeing you at Nuts Challenge, which is one of my favorites that I talk about all the time. Um, I loved it. Like when I moved over here, I was still racing and I was still doing like, I was still doing rat race events and other things. But one of the reasons I moved over here, you know, additionally to all the other things is I loved the UK racing scene. Like I did nuclear back in 2014 when it was not, it was completely unrecognizable to anybody who's done like, you know, modern day nuclear. And I absolutely just loved the whole atmosphere because I feel like it was what the United States was for OCR way back in the beginning. Okay. Like it was devoid of like sort of the the breakaways and 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 it's still a sort of an OCR community where you everybody was kind of team based and like but like individually everyone just kind of got on and did yeah. things together and I just like the spirit of UK OCR it just is very jovial and fun and hang out with your mates and do things so I really enjoyed it and when I moved here I got excited I pretty much signed up for everything I could <laughs> from from Spartans to like more rat races to doing like man versus lakes and everything else and um and it was great until um until I got sick two years ago so it was um it was uh, it was good fun <laughs> it was good fun until yeah until okay so when you say you got sick two years ago what happened two years ago um I was in a house that had like um we'd moved house it was this great fabulous like you know big English house that I was all in love with but it had a a, like a mold problem and I'm really allergic to mold um and so uh my immune system was really down and I started getting really sick and it's the doctors also believe after after the stuff that after my last couple of hospitalizations that I you know looking back at my medical records I I had COVID I was probably one of the first lot in that like January kind of realm to have caught COVID because they couldn't find enough of the mold in my lungs to create sort of the pneumonia like that I was getting wasn't really synonymous with the mold. So it sort of was piled on top of each other. And I got really sick, like really sick. (laughs) So um, that was, uh, that was a a very uncomfortable experience. And I do have some scarring in my lungs from it, but, um, but it might've been what also made me really kind of my immune system wasn't built back up to where it needed to be. Even after Mm -hmm. I sort of trained and and got last summer I was training for an FKT and I was in a, in a Guinness world record. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to get back into it. And my immune system just couldn't keep up. So I ended up uh, getting sick again <laughs> with COVID. <laughs> so you think you had COVID twice? Yeah, that's what the doctors think. They think that, um, 
uh, because I was running so much and I was doing so many things between the mold and my immune system from running because Adam and I had, um, had, had gone out to do, I had like a little bit of a back injury, but we'd gone out to attempt an FKT on the heart of Wales trail. And, um, my immune system from all the training was just shot at that point. Um, and yeah, it kind of just, it jumped to me, but apparently all my blood work and everything that they looked back on when they've been doing this health study on me now to kind of see things, I, it looks like I had COVID. I was going to say, did you manage to have an antibody test after, you know, prior to getting it, what you think was the second time? Um, they had tested. So the blood test that they had from, uh, that showed antibodies had untraced antibodies. So they'd already been giving me antibody tests to see if I'd picked up some sort of funkiness. So it was within my blood work. And so they believe that those were the antibodies for COVID, mm. which is why the COVID clinic kind of made the statement that, oh, it looks like you've had it twice. Mm. That's crazy. I mean, I know I, I am yeah. hearing of people now who have been getting it twice or getting it when they've been vaccinated, et cetera. But you, you're, you're quite an interesting case because a lot of people talk about COVID and kind of almost make excuses and go, well, if you're unhealthy, if you're overweight, if you don't exercise, then yeah, you'll get affected, but you're not looking after yourself. But actually you are and were insanely fit. Uh, your lungs were very, very capable, your heart was very capable, and yet you suffered from it really badly. So that's, I imagine it's kind of offensive when you hear people say that. Yeah, it is. Actually, I've heard quite a few people say, well, you only get it if you're elderly, or if you're older, there's something wrong with you, or or et cetera. Um, and, you know, I've got mild asthma, but nothing that should have, like, that's ever affected me. Like, I get a chest cold and some infections here and there, but nothing. We have mild asthma, like, nothing but you major. super marathons and fuego and death races, so it's not. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, I'm medicated for it. I've been on medicine for it for years, but um, but it's just, like, it wasn't something that would have would have really been like, oh, you're not in shape. Like, I, you know, I was I was really super healthy, but doctors say that might be why it actually jumped me, because um, as the, cause I'm in something called a long COVID clinic. Mm. Um, and they, uh, the second time I had COVID, it attacked my heart and put me into cardiac arrest where I didn't go into a full blown heart attack. But so they basically, what they did is they gave me doctor, other doctors, you know, doctors would probably be able to tell you more about this than me, but, um, as it was explained to me, so they gave me a pretty um, big dose of morphine and morphine mm. drops the heart rate because my heart rate went from my resting heart rate at about 51 up to 180 within seconds. Wow. So it just jumped up. Yeah. And it kept going up. Um, and it kept like, it kept going and I just kept hearing machines and people screaming for crash carts and things like that. Um, and, you know, putting on PPE. Um, but they said that uh, it attacks hearts, uh, you know, the hearts of athletes. And I've heard more and more about this, which is why they're doing some studies on me because athletes have enlarged hearts already. Um, right. so it tends to affect athletes a little differently It attacks the lungs, but also the heart. So, yeah. Wow. It's a bit of a eye opener. So I thought, oh, here I am. I'm healthy. I'm okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what a lot of people think, isn't it? They go, well, I run, I do X, Y, yeah. Z exercise. Therefore, you know, I might get it, but I'll be okay. But yeah, it's not, it's not always the case. Now you said you're in a long COVID clinic. What is long COVID? Um, long COVID is those of us who still have, uh, COVID symptoms, um, of some sort, um, post COVID as in we've gotten rid of COVID. So for instance, I had COVID, I was COVID positive, uh, for 
45 days, wow. I want to say, um, on my, on the, on, on the area where we knew hundred percent I had COVID and there were COVID tests available. I had mm-hmm. tested positive for that. Um, so after the long COVID, um, I was hospitalized the first time due to my heart and they checked quite a lot of different things. Um, and then the second time I was hospitalized, it was for a potential blood clot, but because COVID wasn't, uh, because you couldn't go get an ultrasound, mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to leave COVID wards. They right. put me on blood thinners and waited to until I was COVID negative to allow me to get the ultrasound to check for a clot. So wow. honestly, we'll never really know what was going on. Um, and then those would be the times. And then I was in again for for roughly the same thing. I had um, some heart issues again. So I went back in, but that was just for a day. Um, so basically the long COVID bits are my heart rate still doesn't necessarily do what it was supposed to. So for a long time, I would get quite frequent uh, spikes in my heart rate mm-hmm. um, where I would just be sitting here and I've developed something where they say it's okay for me to run. So we'll kind of talk about the training bit, but I've developed something called uh, an ectopic arrhythmia, mm-hmm. um, which every like happens in everyday normal sort of situations. I've been mm-hmm. tested for myocarditis. Um, myocarditis, which came back negative. And I have an upcoming stress test uh, mm-hmm. to be done to see whether or not, you know, where I'm at now, but, and I get regular ECGs because my heart rate does these weird things. But I'll, mm-hmm. for instance, um, every once in a while, I'll just be literally sat at my computer at work. Um, and then all of a sudden my heart rate will go from rest at, you know, in the fifties all the way up to 170. Mm. And then I can, and then it kind of slowly goes back down or then it fluctuates back and forth. So I'll go into tachycardia out of the blue for no reason whatsoever. So those are, those are some of the things, but other than that, there's also uh, lung scarring and how your lungs react to certain things like breathing oxygen levels can be part of long COVID uh, headaches, fatigue, oh. fatigue is a big one. I'm exhausted joint joints, my, my joints, when I, when I got really sick, when I was able to start getting up and walking and the cardiologist said it was okay for me to do that, that was probably whew, two, two months after I got sick. So maybe eight or like roughly week eight from my first COVID test. Wow. I could, I couldn't really walk downstairs, um, very well. And, um, my joints were really bad. Like it was very hard to walk. So walking was, was very problematic. Like I remember I had this like little path around the houses in front of my house. that kind of looks like a track, like a mini track. And just to get to, to around that, I would, I would be completely knackered and I would, I would be in joint pain. I'd get headaches. I'd, I'd get the fatigue. Um, the joint pains are some of the things that I still have. And then other things, long COVID can be uh, rashes. You can get long COVID rashes. You can get, uh, for myself, it's digestion. I like, so I haven't, uh, I haven't been able to eat normally still. So I lost two stone for wow. well, 28 pounds and 18 of them were within the first week that I got sick. Like I just dropped weight. Um, I mean, if you so can't be feeding that. yourself when you're ill, yeah, you're gonna get more ill. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's kind of like it was. It was kind of a. <laughs> it was kind of a double-edged sword. Um, there are still foods I can't eat. Taste has to do with long COVID, believe it or not, because some people, even when they get their taste and their smell back, they can't eat foods the way they used to. What so do you apparently, mean? Uh, as in like vices. If I could, I used to be able to eat really spicy food. I can't, um, I can't wow. touch it now. And I've been on stomach medication for, oof, 
since October, like to regulate my stomach acid, to regulate my digestive system, things like that. And I'm supposed to have a scope for it. And then the, the other bits are like food tastes different. Like I used to love sushi with like pickled ginger. Pickled ginger now tastes like dish soap to me. How funny. Um, yeah. That's so funny, like, ha-ha, but like how interesting. Yeah. Strawberries don't taste the same to me. Honey doesn't taste the same to me. So like different things taste very, very peculiar or like things I used to love to eat, I think are disgusting. Um, so it's just, it can change. Apparently it changes uh, the way you smell things too. Like certain smells are very different for me as well. Um, but I'm lucky because I've got it back. Some people in the long COVID group still haven't even returned to taste and smell. Um, I mean, I know this sounds awful, ab- yeah. but like losing my taste and smell, I, I, I don't think I could, like, I know I, it sounds very dismissive of all the physical stuff, but taste and smell is so important to me. Oh, like, was, I don't know awful. what I would do. Yeah. There are some people that haven't had gotten their taste or smell back and it's been oh, 16 months. I couldn't cope. And I still don't have it. Like, yeah, they've lost lots of weight. There's. I mean, there's a lot of support groups. There's there's long COVID athlete support groups in the UK as well, because mm. there are some people whose their joints just are completely like thrashed. Like um, I, I think they told me getting back to the point where like I've started what I've called COVID to 5K, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is really, really sad, like really sad. Um, but I, I get better each time. So I check in with a cardiologist and mm-hmm. I, you know, and I'm kind of, I monitor my heart rate. And if anything goes wrong, I have my handy Apple watch and I just sort of mm. send my ECGs to them from that. Nice. Um, and I monitor my O2. Between this and the Garmin, I have like the, the Fenix 6, which they're actually quite accurate. They're really good and they, they've really helped a lot. But um, mm. so with, with those, I can send things to the doctor, but I'm, I'm still only to the point where I think the max amount I can run without my heart rate going completely bonkers is about 15 minutes at a time mm. at, a, at, a, at a decent pace for me yeah. now, like at the beginning it wasn't, but yeah. So those are, I mean, that's a lot of the things that, that happen, you know, with long COVID neuropathy is another one. Oh, what's um, neuropathy? Uh, so basically your nerves, uh, nerve sensitivity, like to touch, you know, some people get it, um, uh, on the scalp where they'll go to touch their scalp and their scalp is super sensitive or mm. um, you can get it in your legs. You get lots of mm. muscle and joint pain, but it's the nerve pain that really is, is, is kind of, and I do, I've got, I've got nerve pain that comes into my legs and then, you know, my head and sometimes my hands and it comes and goes, but yeah. they say it's all they, you know, they've done tests and say, these things are all things that are related to long COVID patients. I mean, is there anything, any part of your body that COVID hasn't affected? <laughs> Your um, eyesight, your hearing. That sounds like they're okay. My eyesight and hearing, yeah. My my eyesight's fine. My hearing's fine. Honestly, I'm kind of glad for the weight loss. I'm, I'm glad for the weight <laughs> loss. I've lost a lot, a lot of muscle that I've got to try to rebuild, mm. but I'm, I'm slowly seeing that come back. So, I mean, there's light at the end of the tunnel. It's not all, you know, doom and gloom, but it's just like, it's just patience. And I think that as athletes, we don't really have patience. <laughs> like we're just, well, I just no, like I mean, that's, that's the thing. The only, I mean, to be honest, your heart rate when running sounds like mine, but I've never been a super athlete. So I can understand that it's going to be very, very frustrating for you. The only thing I can kind of relate to ish is having had a child and then the recovery from having had a kid and how frustrating it is knowing what you're capable of, but not being able to achieve it. And yeah, that's really what it, you know, it is. It sounds like you're not even really allowed to put the work in yet to try and achieve it. 
no, you're not. So like, I've just been approved to do hits because I was on blood thinners for so long that I wasn't allowed to go out to do things on my own. Mm. And I, because of fear of falling, I was on a pretty crazy blood thinner, but, but like with the blood thinners and everything else and, and, and trying to like rebuild the body, like it's hard to do that when you're not allowed to go do things that could potentially, Mm. you know, like you can't go mountain bike because, oh God, what if you fall? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, and I'm not saying there are lots of people who do OCR and blood thinners and are like, and are absolute legends, but the one I was on didn't have a an antidote. So by going somewhere, if I did get hurt, there was no really big way to stop me from bleeding. So it kind of like that kind of, I mean, that's kind of a depressing thing when you're like, you know, I feel like I want to start trying to do a little bit more, but I can't because of this. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. Cause I just want to go out and run a 50 K and I I can't even run a five K. So <laughs> like mm. I get a bit frustrated and whatever, but it's nice because I'm, I'm able to bring out like the two kilo weights now. And I can actually like do tiny bits. It's like mm. what I call mini hits. Like it's two to three minutes of like little hits, you know? And I'm like, yes, I'm look at, look at me progress, but I've come mm. a long, long way. So it's really great to see how quickly it it comes back in terms of what it what it could be I guess mm. it's re it's re um it's resets my psychological understanding of how I'm supposed to be I guess um, I'm having to be more accepting of all right you can do this but should you <laughs> like yeah would this be the best outcome or eventually you'll be able to do this but you really just have to be patient you kind of have to put in the work it's kind of like you didn't wake up one day and decide I'm gonna go you know win this race or I'm gonna go and do this I mean there are people out there and I hate all of you yes. but um, yeah. <laughs> but the rest of them it's like you know you've got to put in the work it's basically building from scratch again mm. which I think is what's really going to be the struggle for most athletes that have had it badly so yeah yeah it's kind of Well, I suppose also the scary (laughs) thing about it is with COVID, you know, there are so many things that are being found out that it's all brand new, basically. That's what I'm trying to say. It's not that there's a a set out pathway of recovery. It's, well, look, COVID has done this. Let's see how we can get over it. Maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Maybe it'll take a year. Maybe it'll take two weeks. So it's, it's also, you know, you can have patience, but I imagine it's really frustrating to kind of just be going, oh, right, another thing. And what's the answer? Oh, you don't know. Okay, great. I mean, it it's, is, it, I'm, I'm sure for you, because you are a scientist as well. So it's probably in a way exciting to kind of be part of learning and discoveries and, but also maybe not being a test subject. So great. Yeah. But I mean, and we are, we are the guinea pigs. So like I hear my COVID doctors, like I have my regular GP and then my COVID doctor, my COVID doctor is always like, well, for people I've seen and treated in the last two years that have been like you, this is what the recovery rate usually looks like. And what we're seeing from them, you know, six, eight, 10, 12, 15 months down the line. So there's some, you know, I'm glad I'm not, I wasn't, and I know this sounds terrible, but I'm glad I wasn't in that initial first COVID group that got it. Like, if I did have it, you know, because they believe I had it twice, yeah. if I had it, I didn't have it to the level that I did the second time or what other people mm. did. And like, and considerably, I still had it, what I would call mild. I mean, mm. others be like, that's not mild, but you know, it really is like, mm. it very much is. Um, and it's just, and now, it, but it's kind of like for those of us, I, I kind of would hope to see more athletes who have had it badly consider trying to work with the long COVID clinics to go, okay, well, 
this is what it looks like on someone who is fit, who should be able to bounce back, who should be able to do these things. And can we use them as, you know, a longitudinal study to see how this affects um, because then it might prevent these issues going forward. And like, I've, I've been double jabbed. I've had both my vaccines oh, right, okay. and they say that it gets better. My stomach got a little bit better, but I really didn't see any massive difference after taking the vaccine, but I've heard others say, Oh, I've had it. And I'm like, right as rain now. But I think it's just, it's so individual. And that's the problem is that people just don't know what's going on. I can't tell you the number of times I heard the doctors in the hospital and God bless the NHS. Like, Oh God. If I still live in the United States, I don't know what I would do. Well, I was just about to ask you about that. Obviously, having lived in the States and experienced healthcare in the States and then in the UK where we have universal healthcare, what would be happening if you were in the States and you didn't have universal healthcare? How would this be being managed? are you even with health insurance, you'd be in massive amounts of debt. Like you would owe a lot of money to the hospitals. And they're just like, I can't even imagine the people that have had it um, and had to be hospitalized. Well, the, the cost alone, like, I just remember how expensive it was just to have babies. Like, um, you know, it's just <laughs> like, I, I just, and I had great health insurance. I, I just, yeah, I was, I was very lucky because, um, you know, I got, I was unfortunately had to be a frequent flyer there. And like, and with all the long COVID stuff, there's not like, I talked to a friend who's an, who's an athlete in the U S who's not OCR, but a runner. And she said, you know, look, I've got it, but there is no long COVID help here for us unless we can really pay for it. Mm. And here, you know, especially where I live in the UK, we had one of the first long COVID clinics and it's been, it's been incredible because if nothing else, you also know that you're talking to a COVID specialized doctor who is Mm. literally only working on COVID patients and that kind of peace of mind that goes with it. But, you know, all of the benefits that go with uh, the PTSD that people experience and a lot of the mental health problems that people Mm. experience, including athletes, especially with depression, because Mm. think about like we use running and training as, as like our regulation. Yeah. It's our therapy. It's our therapy. It's our regulation. And, and, but it's also, it's our, we've stabilized our brain chemistry to meet these particular needs of working out. And once we stop, we are really likely to get depressed. So yeah. So it's been, you know, it's been invaluable. I'm really lucky that I'm here (laughs) to say the least. Yeah, the, the the NHS, and this isn't a political statement at all. This is no, just not say, at all. The NHS is fantastic. I mean, to go slightly off topic, my mum was talking to somebody the other day whose daughter had, uh, I want to say, leukemia, and they were going to remortgage their house so that they could take her to the States for treatment. Yeah, for and treatment. the doctor said, yeah. he was like, honestly, you're not going to get better than the Christie, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're not going to get, no, not treatment. really. Then you're going to get here just, pay, and, 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 you know, I know a lot of people kind of go, well, you pay so much for it. It must be so much better. And I'm sure, you know, I know there are some things in different countries that are super duper specialized, but the NHS is like, it's almost hard for people to believe that it is incredible and yet free. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you know, it's wow. Like, can't even explain like if I'd had to sit and wait in, in any kind of waiting room or, or emergency room when I was taken in as quickly as the NHS got me in, even with the COVID, like if they hadn't, I probably like the doctor said the possibility of me having heart attack, like a full blown mm. heart attack would have been very likely. And then wow. God knows what would have happened to that point. So like, I know it was really, really lucky. 
I will say to athletes, like if people who have it, you know, that are athletes that haven't been vaccinated or have, like if you, if you experience something, we think we're really tough and we're like, oh, it's just going to be a bad flu. But listen to your, you know, it's kind of like when you're doing racing and everything else that your coaches tell you, or listen to your body, because like, I could have stayed home and thought, oh no, maybe I'm just feeling off or whatever, but something just didn't feel right. And thank goodness I went both times because I had two things that could have been potentially life-threatening. So it's just, you know, it's, we have to remember we're not invincible. It's always worth it. And it does kind of scare scare me the idea of what decisions would I make regarding healthcare if it wasn't free at the point of service I mean again totally unrelated my daughter had a little foot infection at Christmas and I took her to to A&E accident and emergency which was a bit kind of like oh should I be going to the hospital and they were amazing they saw they gave her a Christmas present they x-rayed her foot to check there was nothing in there and then they drained it and they were so kind and they're like you did exactly the right thing bringing her here you definitely should have brought her don't worry you did the right thing so it's always like yes no do that do it if you're in any doubt just, just get, yeah get checked and it, out you know, and I know it sounds terrible to the people that are in the U.S. or in other countries that don't have it is is I'd rather have to pay for it for the rest of my life and have a life rather than not go not have a life yeah do you know what I mean yeah so I mean especially because you know my kids your kids are watching and waiting and what you do is kind of kind of important to, for them to see because it helps them make decisions so you know, and I've got two kids that are both really good athletes and like mm. they train all the time and, you know, do their thing. And I just like the, the thought of them getting it terrifies me because, you know, they're not vaccinating a lot of the younger kids, but, no. you know, athletes, even at the younger ages now they're seeing. So it's just, you know, if you have a younger athlete who, you know, like, like the girls on OCR girls or, you know, any of the mm-hmm. teams where you get youth teams and, and the boys that are, you know, within the groups or stuff, those, we think our kids are super healthy. So it'll be fine. And not all of them were, I, I've, yeah. I've, as a teacher, I've seen quite a few kids that have been on the opposite end of it. So it's just, mm. it's just kind of, and, and all athletes, like footballers and things like that. And funnily enough, I, I swear, I feel like in some of the groups I've talked to, it targets the really healthy as much as it as much or if not more than in some that you know weren't because we're out there like oh we'll be fine so yeah yeah it's almost kind of like well I'm invincible because I'm really fit and healthy and I don't need to have the vaccine because I'm really fit and healthy and well really also part of the vaccine and this is my personal opinion not anyone else's it's a social responsibility (laughs) thing as well now I'm guessing you said you'd been double jabbed and you work in schools so the yeah obviously you're not anti getting the vaccine was it was it a thought for you was it a question that you had to kind of answer for yourself no and I had AstraZeneca um so did I yeah so and I know there was a lot of of people going oh god well what about blood clots etc etc and you know and it did scare me for the second one because I'd been on blood thinners for the first one and I (laughs) I thought oh what if that kind of saved me but um and in my second one I wasn't but to be honest having had COVID there really wasn't any like and having had well let me rephrase having had COVID badly like and knowing what it could have what what COVID looks like when it's not super easy um I yeah there was no choice like there was no question that I was going to get it and Mm. having like and knowing people that have had it worse than me like everybody's like oh you had it so bad I was like actually I really didn't because the people in the COVID ward where I was where I was hospitalized Mm. they'd be like I'd had the nurses would actually come in in tears because people had and just passed away and like there's nothing they could do and I was on I wasn't on the ICU ward that was people coming in that were waiting to go up and it just yeah it, um yeah it's just it's kind of madness so no there it was is, no question. Um, it, it is such I mean even just kind of 
it feels in some ways like we're coming to the end of it and we're most certainly not but when you think back to kind of like the really dark days at the yeah. beginning and that you just talking about it kind of just sent me back to I mean I was incredibly fortunate I stayed at home the whole time with my family I didn't I wasn't important to anyone I wasn't an essential worker I didn't have to do anything I was doing nothing to help anybody and I was putting zero risk and I could still kind of feel this is really scary, but I can't even imagine what it was yeah. like in the hospitals. Well, I mean, and, and for teachers too. I mean, like the colleagues that were taking care of the NHS kids or, or um, mm. teaching, like we didn't have an option not to be in once yeah. we were in. So, well, I mean, part of know, education we were... at that time was also, it was kind of childcare for for yeah, essential workers really was. wasn't it? it's like we need our yeah. kids to be somewhere because yeah. we can't look after them because we have to look after everyone else definitely um, and I think yeah and I mean and I think in terms of like you know getting vaccinations and all the things that we're exposed to like we've all been in our comfortable little bubble but world championships is around the corner so like mm. if OC you know if OCRWC is going forth like with the U.S. Um, you know locking us out for the UK right now like how that's going to look but more of like you know, would you, would an athlete change their mind based on the ability to go and compete? What if like, at what, what a point does it stop us from being able to go and actually be involved in competition? Mm. Because they saw a lot of this with the Olympic athletes, which I think is kind of interesting as well. The ones that are now going, God, I wish I would have gotten vaccinated for a few of them because not, not even necessarily because they got really sick, but just because they're missing that ability to compete now yeah. because they've contracted COVID. I mean, not that the vaccine stops you from doing that, but like, but hopefully you lessens it when you do get it. Yeah, exactly. So, well, this is something yeah. I wanted to ask you. It was on the radio yesterday. The health secretary in the UK made a statement on Twitter uh, that the UK needs to stop. Oh. Well, we all need to stop cowering from COVID and basically get on with our lives. He then retracted it because the word cowering was incorrect. And I thought, yeah, it will be interesting to ask you, you know, you're not somebody that's that's shy and retiring from doing stuff and taking chances and taking risks, but you're suffering from it and you have suffered from it. What, how did that comment make you feel? Oh yeah, definitely was, I saw that and I thought, okay, yeah, that, that was a, that's a bit of a gut punch because when he got COVID, he, you know, it's really easy to say, oh yeah, yeah, it's cool. Just stop carrying. It's just a bad flu when you've not had it badly. Yeah. And I think, I think what the health secretary and, and everybody, well, in general, like what a lot of people say is, um, oh yeah, but you've had it. So you've had, you had a bad, but now you're over it. Yeah. But the yeah. truth is, we don't Are actually we really know if anyone's over it or what the long term. Yeah, because because I've never had heart. There's no heart disease or digestive issues or any of these things. Other like, I mean, I'm celiac, but like other than that, like there's nothing which is quite well controlled. That um, there's nothing in there's nothing in my family that any of the stuff that's happening to me would make sense genetically. So there are people that may never ever have the ability to go run again because yeah. the long lasting effects are still there it's what they say with athletes who are more likely to go into something called cytokine storm where your body actually just yeah. decides hey let's just attack itself and your your immune system over responds which happens uh, uh, you know as much as i've been studying reading up on this and, and looking through all like like I can't even tell you how obsessively i sometimes read this stuff now which mm -hmm. you know my husband adam's like stop stop, get off, get off the interwebs, <laughs> walk away. Because I read about the terms, you know, I want to be prepared myself to know, okay, yes. you know, and it's not even just running. And obviously I'm taking it from the point of an athlete. Like I just want to go out and run. I just want to go out and do what I used to do, but it's also just long-term. Am I going to live long enough? Am I, is this going to affect my, you know, the number of years I'm going to live and see my children, grandchildren, et cetera. And I think they forget 
we hear all the news about the deaths, the recoveries, the blah, 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 but we never actually hear about the long COVID or the people that have been suffering from the symptoms that came with yeah. it and having like having neurological issues or heart issues or et cetera, that they never had any symptoms of or no history in their family. Mm-hmm. but they're still suffering from these things afterward. So it is, it is a bit of a punch in the face to say cowering because, you know, I went out and I was a key worker. I did what I was supposed to, and I got COVID doing my job mm-hmm. and you know, that, that no one's cowering. We're just trying to all get, you know, get through it the best we can, but the more. Well, it's just like, you don't run long, into traffic, yeah. do you? It's not cowering yeah, in cars. It's just not running into freaking yeah. traffic. I'm just not going to run into traffic. Exactly. So um, yeah, no, that was a, that was a really, that was um, uncouth. To, was to idiotic. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Idiotic. So having been <clears throat> now, obviously, well, you've had it once. You, you've been told you had it twice and you've been double yeah. jabbed. Is it going to stop you now from taking part in things yourself? You know, say if you felt up for doing a competition and you had to travel for it, would you um, do that? Or are you still going to be wary? Um, I think right now I'm, I'm wary. Um, and I can't even be certain if I'm wary because of, of the idea that I might get sick again, or if I'm wary because I'd be terrified to bring something home to my kids. But I mean, I go into a school on the daily with kids that are sick all the time, but I don't think I'm ready yet to get out in the thick of things. Like, I think I, I, like if I trained and I was up for it right now, I'd be more than willing to go out and do like a trail event, uh, mm. you know, a, a longer run or hell, just a 5k or a 10k where I could kind of be in the open air and not quite so close to people. I mean, it, mm. it really will determine on how the event runs itself and what mm. it's do, you know, what's going on. And I said that uh, when I was talking to my doctor, who's already basically said, no, you can't go do Stuffest Mudder and you can't do OCR <laughs> World Championships this year because you're just not, you're not ready. And we don't know exactly how your body's going to respond to these things until you've had stress tests and stuff. So I kind of feel it's, I'm grateful that the decision's been taken from me yeah. <laughs> because, because I, I, you know, I think I, even as scared as I would be to get again, I might be tempted to do it and kind of just push myself, but I don't know, like, I, I guess because the decision's been taken from me, I haven't really thought about it in great detail, but I, I honestly enough. can't tell you. I think I think the, like, I think I miss people um, yeah. in the industry. And I like, I just miss, like, even if I, I, I think if I were to go, I would probably go and work at an event rather than yeah. run the event and kind of say off at, you know, in the sidelines. So where I'm not quite as yeah. nervous about being around people just because I still like experience it a little bit. Yeah. I still would like to be, be in my community and, mm-hmm. and like, be there but yeah you know, so. it's exhausting though I went to Spartan this weekend in the Midlands <laughs> first event I've been to probably since Worlds in 2019 and oh, wow. um yeah. oh man I was exhausted like it was amazing to see people there weren't that many people there yeah, I don't think they I were don't limiting think, I, people I coming I've... in and but yeah I was just like oh human overload <laughs> I got overexcited <laughs> I think that's the, the other thing too. I think everybody I talked to that was at Spartan, like was like, I'm, I'm not physically exhausted, really. I'm emotionally exhausted. Mm. And I thought that's a pretty good way to put it because we yeah. haven't seen everybody. So you're, you are on like human overload. We're used to seeing like very tiny groups of yeah. people at once. And like, you know, it's, it's kind of, yeah. It's kind I've of kind of found, I start to do this thing with people as well. Like either I'll just go absolutely mental and just like, 
I can't stop talking. I can't stop talking. I can't stop talking. Or I'm almost like, it's like I'm not there in person with them. I'm talking, but I'm just looking off into the distance. Because you're so yeah. used to not having face-to-face conversations. And you can just stare off into the distance. And so it's, I'm also like, either I'm going way over the top or kind of finding it hard to connect with people because I've kind of forgotten how. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's, I think I'm, I think I'm doing a trial run of that. Like, uh, I'm, I'm really excited that athletically and just in adventure in general, I'm actually going to go and climb Snowden. Oh, I'm going to go, yum. I'm going to do, I'm going to go up to Snowden this weekend. Um, you know, I'm going to head out with uh, Claire Pallet and we're, we're going to go, she's going to be next to me while I attempt to take on Snowden, which <laughs> is something that I, you know, is a mountain that I used to enjoy just running up. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd love to love to like everybody's like oh it'll take you six hours to get to the top and six hours to get down I was like challenge accepted (laughs) so be it and I will get to the top (laughs) and and just go and you know run a couple of different trails I mean I I remember running even even that with Snowden I think I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago and I said oh I did Snowden I was really unfit just take loads of sugar I had a chocolate bar and a kind of pop like three quarters of the way up and you're like oh well I can't eat sugar yeah, exactly. I can't have sugar. So it'll be like, oh, so I'll, uh, eat, I'm going to eat this cashew. <laughs> like, but like even um, that, so that's, that's a hangover from COVID, I'm guessing. Yeah. So, so how do you, how, um, you know, you don't have the energy already to do these big things, but then it's hard to fuel yourself and able in order to be able to do them. Like it, it it's like a terrible cycle. Well, it is and it isn't because like I've found the fruits that I can eat, which, you know, honestly, I wasn't a huge, until I moved to the UK, because food, um, I wasn't a huge, um, like, super sweet fan before, like, I've, I've tried it, I've had, like, it was my birthday this past weekend, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna try to eat some, some sweetie bits, that, that really was not a good idea, but, you know, I found, like, fried foods, and the things that are unhealthy for me, my body's like, nope, <laughs> so, I feel like it's kind of forcing me to eat right again because I'm eating proteins and fruits and, mm-hmm. you know, veg and, and, you know, oats and, you know, things that things Yeah, that but, I you know, for, for endurance bed. events, you know. That's going to suck. You need that suck. instant sugar. I found that Manuka honey works for me. Mm-hmm. And I've also found that there are any other athletes that are out there that are having the crazy stomach thing from COVID or whatever. Um, cause I've talked to quite a few people that, you know, don't want to really share who they are, but they, you know, they've, they've reached out to me cause I put something finally, I had the guts to put out what was going on with me is that I've, I've told them to try maple syrup because maple syrup is because it has natural antioxidants, but it also has a slow release sugar and it isn't as hard to digest as it's sugars. Delicious. Maple syrup would be my savior. Like I would just, cause I, that's what I used for death races and, yeah. and, you know, sort of thing. I mean, hell, I think I was taking mini shots of them when I was doing Battlefrog Extreme, um, <laughs> you know, for the two, I did a back-to-back two days at VFX. And I'm just like chugging uh, maple syrup, but, <laughs> but I find that that kind of helps. So hopefully like there are ways to get around it, but uh, long gone are the days that I could just like grab some gummy bears and, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and like, and some rice crispy treats and rock out like I normally do, but it's going to change it. Like when I'm able to go back and do endurance, which I am dead set on trying, you yeah. know, like that is my goal. However long it does take when I'm back to doing endurance, it's just, it's, I'm just going to have to realize I've got to approach it differently. I mean, and I do want to ask know, you, sorry, I do want to no, ask no, no, you no, about no. your goals and 
how you're going to be training and what you want to aim for. But quickly, just to go back to a point you made before, because obviously you've not really, well, you've not said anything about the fact that you've had COVID and long COVID until quite recently. You said that you finally had the guts to say something about it. Why was it something that you didn't want to share? So when I, when I first had COVID and I was talking to a couple of people and I was like, actually, I want to say I was in the hospital and I'd had some people like sort of, I, I sort of hinted that I had COVID because I, I, I put something up and I just remember getting like personal attacks on Instagram, like on really? the messenger between like, yeah. So I was getting messages on my Instagram account. I actually lost quite a few followers too, but I got these really, really nasty messages about um, COVID and, you know, it being a hoax and that, you know, anybody who's had COVID that says that it was really bad, they were milking things and like, they were just trying to stir up trouble. Like I got really horrible, like trolling when I put up just a hint about having COVID and like my mental health was not there at the time, you know, oh, I'm still recovering. From, you need to be coping yeah. with when you're physically yeah. feeling terrible and you've had something really important taken away from you is bullying because you've like, been ill. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I put up, I put one thing up on Instagram at one point, cause you know, someone had asked me, Hey, where have you been? Cause I haven't been on social media, like almost at all. And which has been a nice little healing process. <laughs> yeah. my, my, and, and to be honest, my sponsors have been amazing like they have checked in on me every week they have like I have really good sponsors and I'm very grateful they're like take your time and if anybody who makes maple syrup wants to sponsor Amy it's probably (laughs) now's a good time to raise your hands I mean um I I was really lucky because they would they check in on me weekly and they like they were lovely they were like please take your time like people like at trail toes and and heart temp um for that my CBD company because I couldn't take mm-hmm. the CBD oil while obviously while I was on blood thinners oh, um, right. which is yeah and like so certain certain blood thinners that kind of reacts with so people have to be careful about that oh. um and you know so I you know just just I've just been so grateful that I've had these people like stick by me and, and be like hey no hang on it's okay like even um even Carl from Force 5 because I've been you know I've been working with Force 5 on and off for years was like checking in to make sure I was okay and like he's like you know take your time um, and it's just, it's, that's just like, that's really amazing support. And I think like sometimes in the community, we forget we've got that kind of support, but mm. I think I posted up something about finally felt okay to brush my hair because it was, you know, it was really hard. Like, I think Adam was like, for a while, I'd have such sore joints that it was hard to even brush my hair. Um, and so, yeah, it was, I put something up and I, I just, the amount of trolling that you got. So I think a lot of people are actually afraid to really come out and talk about it especially in like the OCR and endurance world, because, because we've heard so many things about, oh, healthy people don't get this, da, da, da. So what's wrong with you? And I think like, you know, my therapist was just like, when you're ready, you'll be ready. And, and, you know, you've got to get over the, the way that like, when I first would tell people I would be somewhere and I'd tell someone that I had COVID and, and they're like, oh, do you have that? I was like, yeah, I, you know, I was in the hospital and I'd have conversation that you could see them start to take like five steps backwards from me. <laughs> like, like I had the plague or something. I was like, guys, I, I haven't been positive for COVID in like months, you know? So um, it's just funny. Like there's this stigma that goes along with COVID that I think that, that we're going to either will go away or if you've had it within the last year or two, it just takes, it takes some time to get used to it. Cause there's still so many people that are really negative about it. Wow. It's shocking. I was like, I can't believe I'm being trolled because I put a post up about having COVID. <laughs> like, 
I, I um, literally can't get my head around some people. I just can't. COVID is a hoax. Like, and I, I, like I had to block quite a few people. I was like, this is, and people that like, I think I'd had as followers or had followed myself for a while. And I was just like, wow, I would never thought that would come from you, but thanks for that. Here it like, is. <laughs> here it is. Um, so yeah, I, I encourage people and like, and it, it was finally, I've got a friend who's been helping me, my friend Rob, who I work with, who um, lives quite close to me, was finally like one of the people that said, you know, I know you can't run with Adam. He's super fast. He's whatever, you know, and you're worried about leaving the kids because COVID stuff and they're by, you know, and he's like, um, even though they're teenagers, um, he's like, so he's, he's like, I'll take you out. I'll go out and I will do this slowly. And like, so for the past uh, three months or so, he's been taking me out for my COVID to 5Ks and he's been really great. He's like, don't worry about what other people say. Don't worry about what other people, yeah, what other people say. And he's like, I really encourage you to actually start talking about it and talking about it from, you know, a personal trainer and an athlete's perspective and a nutritionist perspective and talking mm-hmm. like, he's like, you've got all this background. He's like, you should start talking about it because nobody else is talking about it from that perspective yeah, to definitely. other people who are going through it to say, hang on, this is guys, let's just talk, let's talk about it together. Let's talk about what, what fitness progression, what, how, what questions should you be asking your doctor? Yeah. Like, especially for those people that don't have long COVID care, like yeah. when is it okay for me to be okay? And, um, so he's finally like, he's like, yeah, you really need to just get yourself out there. So, um, so Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> thanks, Rob. You know, just, yeah, thanks for that. Um, yeah, so it's, you know, I've had really invaluable support with that. Like That's between good. you and several other people in the community, like I I, I just, I don't think I probably would have gotten through it because I think you were one of the first people to know that I had COVID. I think you knew oh. the day I went in the hospital, actually, didn't you? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's just been a bit of an eye opener. It's a change. It's a change of the world. And I, um, hopefully not for long. So yeah. I've got goals and aspirations. I was supposed to do that Guinness world record mm-hmm. and my school is actually supporting it. I got approval to do it. Oh. My sponsors were behind me. And then the weekend I was supposed to do it is the weekend I was in the hospital. Wow. That's, I mean, so, that's quite a big contradiction. Yeah. Contradiction is not the word contrast. Like, yeah, no, record in the hospital. Okay, I, was, I was, I know I was ready to do it. Like, um, just a week and a half before, I remember sitting in that I was going to use the school's uh, gym facility. And I was like, I was putting stuff together and I was talking to them about it. I was like, here's how, what I want to do and how I want to do it. And um, and then, you know, and I, I was talking to sponsors about it. And the next thing I knew, um, I was like, the weekend I was supposed to do it, I was in the hospital. So I what thought, was oh, it? What was the what was the world record attempt that you were going to take on? And I'm still going to do it. And I think now I have to set an even harder record is I trained for ages in lockdown last year and you're going to laugh, but to run it to the longest distance run backwards on a treadmill in 24 hours. Backwards. Backwards. Yep. (laughs) Backwards. And I'd actually trained quite a lot for it because I thought I want to do something different. (laughs) I mean, every now and again, when I go on like the cross trainer, I'll go forwards, 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 backwards, backwards, backwards. Because I think I'll use more muscles. And after a while, I'm like, wow, this backwards is really tiring. Okay. Yeah, I trained. I trained a lot. I've I've found if you ever really want to try the whole running backwards thing, and I can't like even me. picture it. Um, um, I, yeah, it's um. So I did. I got the approval for it, and I just like, yeah, I. Ugh. I, so, so what's the current world record on running backwards? Um, it's changed. I've actually got to go and look at it. But I was supposed to, I needed to hit more than 
I needed to hit 77 miles. So now that I'm, I'm still approved for it, but I've got to go back and change because the record is now changed. So it's, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Right. So I've got to now, I think I have to hit 80 if I'm not like 79 or 80. Wow. Um, backwards. Yeah, I will. And, and I'll tell you, like, if you're ever considering doing this, I've found the best shoe in the world for this. Okay. Is the, is the Ultra Escalante. <laughs> Why? I, I mean, I'm sure I, they'll like, love to know that they're being, you know, I, how to do yeah. the best backwards running shoe. It really is. Like, Although, I'm, to be I, fair, I, for filming, running backwards works. So, yeah, backwards running shoes. I Right? There you go. And I, I feel like, um, so, no, I tried out. I tried out lots of Ginaltras. I tried out Merrells. I tried out, you know, Innovate. But, like, I tried the whole line. And the only shoe that actually had sort of the 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 proper cushioning, but not too much tread that could trip me up. That was like actually so comfortable. Mm -hmm. And I did the best training in was the ultra Escalante. It was um, like the best shoe. Fair so, enough. Yeah. And I'm just shouting them out and I'm not sponsored by them. So just, just so you know, backwards running people. <laughs> so I moved all my training to all my training is with ultra now because, but yeah. So that's a shout out without sponsorship, just if everybody's clear. But yeah, right, so I'm gonna, I am, I am gonna have to it. try running backwards on a on a on a treadmill. A treadmill, yeah. Just to see it's, how hard it is. <laughs> it's good, yeah. It's it's interesting, and like, and the craziest part about it is you can't hold on to the railing, like you yeah. can't hold on to the handles. You have to run backwards, free back, like free. So you can't actually touch anything or hold on to anything while you're on the treadmill. Because somebody said to me, "Oh, that's super easy." Because I was like, "Did so you just a face the other direction?" Yeah. Okay. So you, you can't, can't see the screen. No, you can't see the screen. So like you have, you know, you have watches and then I have a charger that was, that goes in my watch to keep the track. And like, and then we had, you know, you use camera and, um, and you've got to have like, uh, people up either on zoom or something else to, to keep yourself like 24 hours. Obviously you get like a, a bathroom break and things like that. I had a bunch of gym teachers that were going to help me like PE teachers so that you have to have certain people that are in your witness group. And it's, it's very, like, it's a very organized thing. Um, well, yeah, I was really pretty damn my, cool though, wouldn't it? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Like I, and I'm really hoping I get to do it again. Um, and like, and I think, so my coach is Morgan Mackay and she's done one. So I was like, perfect because she can kind of walk me through it. So, yeah. um, so between now trying to get me back into being a human that can actually lift more than a coat can <laughs> and then trying to get me to run a full 5k you know and and pick up my pace and things like that um between my you know my friend rob who's helping me with the training with that and, and morgan doing this like i feel like she's got a work cut out for her because i'm like i really want to do this i really want to run backwards for 24 hours <laughs> it's a great goal and if you've got something that's a goal to get you that's got you excited and it's going to help you start moving yeah then that's fantastic well, I mean and I still have I still have the Ireland uh, FKT like I still want to run the whole uh, of the wild Atlantic way and I still plan on doing it oh, um, gosh, both yeah. times I've got yeah so between COVID and getting you know and and lockdowns and things like that that just hasn't been a reality but I you know I still have every intention of trying to do that and trying to get myself to some FKTs like I've even toyed around with and I know this sounds like this sounds really trite or I guess I don't know I I just I don't want to go out and do a, a little FKT that will totally be able to be smashed by anyone else but just to get my brain just where to it get is, it. yeah I yeah, yeah go, no as a, as a psychological I just want to go thing. out I want to 
go out and do an FKT for, for a trail that no one's ever done an FKT on. Just so I can say, I set the FKT after having COVID and being in complete crap shape. <laughs> like I have set a goal. I've accomplished that goal that made me feel like I'm still an athlete, mm. even that though I'm not. Perfect sense. It makes standard. perfect sense. Sometimes so, you kind of have to trick your brain, don't you? And, and if anybody wants to do would... yeah, COVID to FKT with me, you know, ah. here we are. <laughs> like, I'll just do like slightly that's... average human to FKT, but uh... yeah. I mean, yeah, so I just thought, oh, I'm sure, you know, sure, someone will go and smash it. But I feel like those are the kind of goals I want to, I want to give myself something realistic that I could try to do that won't hurt me, won't make my doctor yell at me, but also will let me feel like I'm still part of the world that I'm trying to get back into. So I get it. It makes perfect sense. Weirdly, I was listening to the radio yesterday. I was driving back from Spartan and it was like, it was like a heartbreak clinic or something. And they were saying about, oh, if you um, have something left over from the relationship and you burn it or burning's quite good, kind of like a ceremonial burning, it tricks your brain. And and for me, this sounds like exactly the same thing, like trick your brain. Go, yeah. I'm, I'm competent, I'm I capable. Won. Look what I achieved. We can do this. And your brain will be like, Fuck exactly. yeah. Um, exactly. So I, I, like I, think I think that's exactly. a great idea. That is, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, this is kind of what I want to do with my life right now <laughs> because I can't really do much else. <laughs> you know, it's like, what can I do that will make me still feel like I'm part of the world that I like being part of? So awesome. we'll see cool. how that goes. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I have kept you for quite a long time. So I will let you go and get some rest because it's it's already quite late. So I really appreciate you giving me the time. And thank you for talking through everything that happened, I mean, I really, really hope that you, that your recovery can start to kind of take an upward path. And I hope the whole world is kind of starting to heal soon. But yeah, me too. So. But I, well, I mean, I feel like I've recovered far more. Like if you'd seen me, you know, even six or seven months ago, or heck, even two months ago, you'd be like, wow, you're like, you're flying in comparison to where you were. So it's all relative. Like I, you want to, you want to be really upset about it but then you look at yourself and you're like oh well look where I was I look at my watch data from like two months ago and I look at it now and I'm like wow that doesn't seem like it's an improvement but it's massive yeah so yeah it's just little bits by little bits but you know and I'm, I'm almost to the point where I encourage you know people who have had COVID and don't really want to talk about it with others but have questions about it and don't have access to the COVID clinics like I do, you know, my athlete page on Facebook, if they're not friends with me, they can just go onto my athlete page on Facebook. And I answer those questions. Like I'll, I'll get on there and, and answer whatever I can. Cause I'm not a medical expert, but I, you know, I've had experience with it now. So what's your athlete page name? Uh, it's just, it's just Amy Livewire. Awesome. Thank you. I'm sure a lot of people will, or well, I guess they can message you privately as well. Yeah, I think so. I mean, if they can, if they can find me, if not on Instagram, they can get me on Instagram and that's just uh, Livewire or oh, what am I? Livewire underscore adventures. But if you've got anything mean to say, then don't. Yes, please don't. I've had, I've had enough of the trolling. Can't, I can't tell you how much I really like to. So yeah. Um, yep. Amazing. It's just Livewire underscore adventures. Yep. Fantastic. Well, so thank beautiful. you so much. Yeah. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. And um, yeah, I'm gonna, I love, I, I, st- I still just love your world record attempt. I'm, I'm excited to see how you progress with that. Good luck going up snow. <laughs> it's, it's not actually that easy. I know for someone that's been like a super athlete and used to run up it, I walked up it a couple of weeks ago and I nearly died. 
Um, so it's not it's not a small mountain. So you oh, know. I'm pretty certain. It's, I'm pretty certain I'm gonna be no, and and I I know we're going up the Lambert's Pass, and I'm pretty certain that afterwards I'm gonna be I'm gonna be wondering why my life choices were that <laughs> I so just a quick side note I went up Flamberis Pass for the first time and I've done I've not done um Kribgok but that's the only one I've not done and everyone that. says Lamberis Pass is the easiest one and I was like cool I was staying right next to it I'll wander up <laughs> it I was bushwhacked after about 20 minutes I was like how is this easy path how is this easy path and I find it actually for me because I suck at hills I found it really difficult because it's a long steady incline whereas some of the others yeah. are flat 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 scramble and I would much rather be on all fours yeah <laughs> I'd rather be on all fours scrambling <laughs> than I would walking up a hill so for me I was like nah man this is uh this is really hard so yeah it's it might yeah. be considered the easy path but I personally think it's a really difficult one so be gentle with yourself definitely will it's a path I know well so um there's that little cafe at the bottom I'll stop there yes. <laughs> then there's then um the trains aren't running though are they not running um, at all closed, no they've closed at, at the three quarters mark it's running three quarter of the way down oh yeah yeah, up. yeah, yeah I, I went up the, the other week on the train and went to the three quarters and then back down I yeah up. yeah so I mean that's still an option so it's usually it's a good one for that but mm. I do like it because it's that nine mile trail it's not my favorite I I actually prefer the Watkins trail but I'm a psycho mm. like that love so. the Watkins <laughs> I think Watkins is lovely it's very enjoyable I, it, as long as it's not like I've been on it a couple of times when it's been really misty and like a hail and everything's coming down and your visibility is really crap, oh. um, then it can seem a little bit daunting, um, especially if you're going instead of going up it, coming back down in those conditions can be a bit um, when you can't That's see anything. But other than kind of beautiful and. Oh, I love that. It's my favorite trip. It's my favorite path. I, I think I I'm a bit blessed time. when it comes to Snowden because I've never once been up it and not had incredible weather. I mean, I think I went up it on the 4th of January. You are unique. Yeah. You are unique. 4th of January, <laughs> no snow, no mist, no rain, perfectly clear skies. We got to the top just in time for like the sun coming up. It was beautiful. No one else there. Ate our sandwiches, wandered back down and went for a pint. I've got to tell you that um, Man versus Mountain is the only time I think I've been up there that it's been sunny. And it's on one of those days I really wish it hadn't been sunny because I would die. <laughs> it, was like, it was like, where's my overcast? It's so hot. <laughs> I've totally turned into a Brit. Why is it 84 Fahrenheit outside? Listen, <laughs> listen, 20 degrees centigrade in the UK is really hot. For those of you who don't really believe is. it, it really is hot. And we've been it hitting really like 31 in the last week. And oh my gosh. Anyway, uh, I'm way off. Yeah. Path, anyway. Anyway, <laughs> so good luck going up okay. soon. Good luck with your world record attempt and go smash an NEFKT. Just run around your house and make it up. Who cares? But uh, good luck getting over COVID. And thank yeah. you so much for, for um talking to me about it. I know it's not easy. Thanks so much. It's been awesome. Them. All right. Thanks, dude. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the OCRWC podcast. Join me again next time as we delve into the life and times of another OCR character.